welcome to Blind Guys Chat, where this guy, Oren O'Neill. Hello. And this guy, Jan Bloom. Hello. And this guy, Stuart Lawler. Hello. Talk about the A to Z of life. Well, hello there, and you are very, very welcome. Why am I doing this accent again? Happy New Year! Happy you guys are so excited. I'm, I'm a little bit more sedate here in the background, but Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New ah. Year, and welcome to episode 35 of Blind yeah. Guys Chat. Yeah. Yes, we're into a new year, and guess what? It's freezing. But we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. We hope you've had a lovely Christmas and a very happy new year, and we'd like to very much thank everyone who turned up to yep. our special Christmas recording. Oh it my went God, the, really the after show yeah. party was unreal, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, it was yeah. really good. I went yeah. out with the guys in the North Pole with Lucky and Yeah, some how of the was elves. it? Well, really? they brought me out. And Ooh, I really? just, so all I can cold. say is, I don't remember being brought back to the chalet where we were on ca- on the campus, North Pole campus. Oh. There was Did some, you have a nice parking slot for your sleigh? Or? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the parking slot, they brought, brought me back in the sleigh the next day, dropped me Ooh. off near the airport, so it was really handy. Okay. And uh, got back, had to do a, an antigen test coming into the country, of course. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But uh, it was really great. And the, the elves and Santa came out for a beer and it was great. Crap. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. no, Santa. Oh, okay. He, he just had one he said oh I'll let you young people Christmas you know yeah Yeah, no he had one with us and then he went off and the lads were pouring drink all over each other it was was very messy at the end of the night but I hope you guys had a better night than I did oh yeah we had a a lovely night yeah Yeah, great we were great we really do appreciate those who turned up and uh, we met if we Listen, we had, we met a few people that we, that we hadn't met before. We, we made new friends. We did yeah. make new friends, you know, yeah. Nice and we, we met a new guide dog as well, um, who is also called Larry. Yeah, uh, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. He lives in the US. It was um, a big it, one, it was a great German night. shepherd. A shepherd, yeah, that's the guide right. dog a of a shepherd. lady called Nora Nagel. She Nora sounds Nagel. like a radio yeah. presenter mm-hmm. as well, doesn't she? She's a great voice. For, yeah, she was very good at the yeah. questions. Yeah. She, she knew yeah, the answers to Yeah, she was really doing well. Yeah, she's a good listener. So, really, thanks very much for that. Now, we're starting a new year, and we've just a couple of little bits of housekeeping I want to ask people to, to think about. So, listen up, everyone. This is serious. Listen up. Yeah. Very this serious. Is, this is almost serious. <laughs> so, hey. number one, if you have any thoughts about what you'd like us to be doing on the podcast, who you'd like us to be interviewing, any thoughts about items you'd like us to do, then please send us in an email or a tweet. The email is blindguyschat at gmail.com and we're at blindguyschat on the Twitter and also on the Facebook, of course. Or if you happen to meet any of us in person, give it to us on the back of a 50 euro note. Yeah, but make sure it's in Braille. Uh, uh, Yeah, but well, yeah, once it can be still legal tender, we have to be legal tender because we want to spend we want to spend the fifty euro for show expenses, of course, not not for ourselves. Nah, it's true. And the second thing is, I'm informed from a colleague of mine, a friend of mine, uh, Mm -hmm. and a friend of the podcast, Mr. Sherwin, Kevin Sherwin. That hey, heads up. uh, Reviews are now, or ratings are now available um, to what you do, vote or whatever, on Spotify. Yeah. Do so, you actually guys do that? I I, 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 I always I, skip that, to I be never honest. Do. Yeah, we no. never do. No. But we, but we, Why we should want people to do, do it for us? We, you know? But we want people to do it for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, oh, sorry, yeah. So if you've got also, any, whatever uh, stream app you're using, whatever service you're using, if there's some kind of review or rating, go on, give us, give us, a, give us at least a four. At least. Uh, give, at us, least. Give, us, give us what you feel we deserve, but we would hope you would love us enough to give us a, a high rating. Speaking of a high rating and the fact that you do love us and we have a great podcast, if you feel the, the need, 
well, hopefully you might, if you would like to donate a little something to Blind Guys Chat for all the flights to and back from uh, the Netherlands, etc., and uh, oh. various other places. And my expenses yeah. from the North Pole, which are And your expenses from the North Pole, plus your beer and your plus crisps. And my, my crisps. <laughs> <Never forget. laughs> uh, we now have a tips, what's called a tips jar, uh, within the podcast show notes. So all you have to do is just read the show notes, and I think down at the bottom there should be a URL link where you will be directed to the tips jar within our podcast host. Mm-hmm. And you could, if you wished, decide, decide to donate a little something. There is no obligation on you to do whatsoever. We won't be cutting you off. We won't be, you know, you won't be missing but any we special will, We will mention it. You know, we will mention it. If you don't donate, you're going to be banned from listening. And yeah, otherwise, major, we will create a promo for you. You know, I, I very long. We have yeah. a certain guy on this team, you know. Who can <laughs> oh, really no, do don't, 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 don't go there. No, don't no, go there. I don't put any well, pressure. Yeah, no, we have to get I our don't. promos going again. Yeah, there, is, there is a, yeah, there is a bit of work being done around that. No, but anyway, we thank people. People, you know, so we so we when do. they are um, donating, then we will uh, certainly give it. Yeah, we'll uh, give you a shout out. A mm-hmm. shout out, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't guarantee you're going to be on the jingle for. for nah, it's, we tried. We've been waiting for that for jingle years. to be changed. Yeah. Um, I've had a huge renovation going on here. It was very oh, yeah, here busy. We yeah. Oh, we've never heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to say yeah. it's all done. Yeah. yeah. Is that, I hope, I'm, I hope I'm still on it, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think we need to have huge parties when we're both, you know, oh, when yeah. you're finished, we'll have, you know, you can. No, I I, I prefer to have it now because. <laughs> when the, when the wooden floors are not yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is wreck, very true. Wreck it now and then do it later. Exactly. Yeah, that is very true. The kids are playing football and whatever, uh, whatever do, would they do against the wall, you know, no problem at all. <laughs> Even they are painting. Thing, no problem <laughs> but later on when we have a new floor and new yeah, and you have uh, the new furniture uh, yeah, yeah, not yeah, then. no yeah. yeah then everything is forbidden you know <laughs> you are having a colder times than than us it is a little freezing bit freezing here it's freezing yeah. although i believe as we record it's a sunday but i believe by this week it's going to be warmer although saying that i was i think it was new year's eve i was walking to my local shop yeah. and i do believe it was 14 degrees and it was like really warm. I could, it was like yeah. unseasonably crazy weather for New Year's Eve. And then it yeah, got really cold we had week. also a, a really chilly um, uh, New Year's Eve, or uh, yeah, also just end of the year. But then we, it, it was uh, what you mentioned it, in the twenty, it, in the double figures. You know, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen, even. And now it's getting back again, also. You know, so it's uh, we're really down like the normal six, seven degrees. Normally, in about November, December begins to get a bit colder, but it it was very, very mild in November, yeah. December, and then in January it's kind of holy god. Mm. <laughs> and it's also getting into extreme eh? because uh, um, I even uh, learned from a, a, a lady who I met regularly uh, when I uh, am out with the dogs. She said oh, she was driving. Friends. She was driving home um, from the east to the west, and then. See on the on the highway there was a, a part a, a space 100 meters and in that uh, um, uh, um, uh, space was only snow frost snow whatever and that was uh, only 100 meters and in that uh, piece there were only well there were four cars uh, having an accident etc oh. and after that 100 meters it was completely normal again so really can you see 100 meters and 100 it was meters. an absolutely nightmare in that. Uh, uh, little period. So we had about you... an hour of snow this week. Clodo okay. was delighted. 
Oh, oh. Santa, so Santa did send it just a bit later, was that? Then well, maybe it got delayed on the sleigh or something. Yeah, no. she's still not happy about it, Stuart. So I yeah, wouldn't be I, saying again. Anything to Santa, but yeah, okay, okay. We'll, yeah, see, he, did, he really for... didn't deliver again this year. Talking about the weather, lads, I think yeah. it's about time we had a professional in here on yeah, the show. We're, we're certainly not good at it. No, no, we, no, no, we certainly have no clue. So, ladies and we, gentlemen, I'm delighted to int- to to introduce Professor John Sweeney. John has been a member of uh, Maynooth University in the Geography Department for many years. He's a climatologist. He has over 100 papers published in his, in his name, and he's either well, authored or co-authored many others. Sure. There's loads of ologies uh, behind him. <laughs> there's climatology, there's bi... What's the... What's bi- by geology, biogeography, biogeography. <laughs> wow, what's, yeah, what's the, uh, it's we're complicated. Learn what that is. We don't know what that. We don't know what half it is. But what we do no. know is, you are a specialist, John, in climate, weather, and climate, but climate mainly. Isn't that correct? And is it is it true to say the dolphins are they responsible for climate change? The dolphins. Yeah. <coughs> well, I wouldn't uh, go that far, or I think that's, that's <laughs> pushing dolphins. it a Don't little. Don't be picking on the dolphins. Isn't I it? mean, you could pick on the butterflies in Brazil, perhaps more more well, easily than the dolphins. So we got to blame somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I blame Trump. <laughs> oh, that's also good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think um, you know climate's something that's always changed, and uh, what's different about it at the moment is that it's changing more quickly than traditionally and it's changing as a result of, of us rather than as a result of the dolphins or any other natural <laughs> phenomena and this is this is something which uh, I think represents a fairly fundamental shift in human experience because uh, we probably remember our forefathers talking about how they were prisoners of climate, how they had to save the hay or how they had to yeah. save the turf and how they depended really on good weather uh, for those um, life-saving harvest surpluses. Yep. But now, of course, it's very different. Now, climate depends on us and we are the people who are directing the show, if you like. And that's what makes it such an important topic for us to get involved in. Where did, it, yeah. where did it all start for you, John? Where, where, this, where yeah. did this interest come from? Well, it's it's kind of a long time ago. I mean, I, I originally did my PhD on air pollution, and then when I came to Ireland, um, they began to solve the air pollution problem with banning coal and so on. Yeah. And uh, I started looking at rainfall in Ireland, and you know, it's a topic which, of course, is dear to every Irish person's heart. Yeah, yeah. No, not only Irish, I would say. Not only Irish. Not only Irish. But then I I began to say, well, you know, we we get rain with a westerly wind and a northwesterly wind, and it's quite dry in the south and east. What would happen if the frequency of those wind directions changed? And I began to look at what might happen to rainfall. Um, And it led me into thinking about um, how maybe climate change might therefore determine both our rainfall and temperature in Ireland in the future. And that was a way before people were were doing modelling or looking at the sort of the big scale pictures of climate change. And um, I, I got a bit alarmed at that point because I could see that, well, Ireland, like much of Europe, could therefore be subject to, to quite serious changes in the future. And I began to get into things like modelling and into things like 
like assessing the impacts um, there. I think it's important to say at the beginning that, you know, we, we kind of confuse weather and climate quite a lot, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, it's important to make the distinction because in the public mind, they're often used interchangeably. Um, but weather is, is what you have, for, for example, Jan, in, in, in the Netherlands today. Yeah. Climate is, is what, you know, happens over a longer period of time. Yeah. And the the changes there um, are, are are something that really have been concerning me and others in the yeah. climate community. One of the things, John, I'm thinking of, I remember being in school in the kind of early 90s and we had a teacher who I guess was a little bit more maybe uh, proactive on all these things. And she was saying, don't be spraying um, aerosols because you're going to damage ah. the ozone layer. That was the first yeah. time I heard the, the ozone layer. Like, is, mm. is that kind of... Was that where, when people started to realise climate change, the ozone layer, the importance of all this stuff? Well, they tended to get mixed up there as well because the ozone problem is is a very different problem from the climate problem. And in fact, the depletion of stratospheric ozone has very little to do with global warming. But people began to see not so much the climate effects of depleting ozone, but rather the health effects if that Mm. area of ozone depletion began to move around over populated areas and what was very interesting about the the effects of all of that was that we solved that problem the global community came together and banned the the propellants which were damaging and solved the problem so that now the ozone hole is recovering but you know that was that was something it is recovering and it will be back to yeah i heard this the other day and didn't quite know whether to believe yeah no it's recovering it it is and it's not connected particularly with climate change at all but people have kind of blurred the distinction between Mm. them there is an an indirect tenuous link but it's not really one which we should emphasize at all but it it does show very very importantly i think that you know we can get together as a global community and address a global problem if we want to but it it was much easier to do that with the idea of just banning uh, hydrofluorocarbons um, rather than uh, changing our lifestyle which is probably what we'll have to do in a a more radical way to address global warming. Yeah. Well, when did you start feeling concerned a little bit, uh, John? Well, uh, yeah. what are you talking about the seventies or the eighties or? Well, I I wrote a paper in the in the late seventies, um, and um, I remember uh, at that point talking to a, a very eminent scientist who was the the chair of the um, uh, the Council for Scientific Unions. And he said to me, way back in the early 80s, he was sent into a hotel room in Vienna with three other people by the United Nations Environment Programme. And he was asked not to come out of that hotel room for the weekend until they had answered two questions. And the two questions they were asked were, is climate changing and should we be concerned? And they, uh, emerged, they emerged with yes to both yeah. ans- questions. Yeah. And then shortly afterwards, the IPCC was established and people began to get very concerned about the the way in which global climate was changing. And it was round about then, I suppose, I began to to get a wee bit guilty um, because, you know, scientists tend to do their own thing in private. They, they tend to just publish their papers, move up the career ladder. Um, they don't really communicate very much with the public Mm. and I increasingly got disillusioned with 
just simply writing papers and books which nobody ever read and I started uh, at that point starting to make waves about policy and make waves about what we should be doing and how we should alert the public and educate the public a bit more as to what was going on with global climate and it's something that I think, you know, even today, um, climate scientists are, are a bit reluctant to do in many areas. They get a lot of vitriol sometimes on, on social media, of course, uh, when they do. But I think it's increasingly important that we communicate the science to the public. And, and that's something I've been trying to do for the past few decades in particular. I suppose my personally, I kind of think, how can I personally act? What can individuals yeah. do to change their behaviours maybe to, to help in, in maybe just a, a minuscule way but maybe if we all did it together You want to you take Is a couple it, of floors off your penthouse apartment? Ooh, no, I can't just get rid of No, I can't, I can't get rid of those things you know, but anything else <laughs> The first and most important thing you you should be doing is making noise because uh, I think, you know, it's very important that we communicate to our elected leaders that we have this priority, that we have this urgency. And, um, you know, if we don't, we leave the field open to very powerful interests who want to maintain the status quo. And uh, that's the first thing. The second thing, of course, at a personal level, we can all do something. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the the supermarket chain, which has the motto, every little helps, um, more or less says it that, you know, if we can stave off the day of reckoning a bit more, if we can tackle energy efficiency, if we can buy energy efficiency appliances, if we can drive electric cars and use our energy much more efficiently than we did before, then we buy time and we, we, we give the opportunity to the generation that comes after us to perhaps take the more radical steps that we are unwilling to do at the moment. But I think, Jan, I think the Netherlands have demonstrated another avenue very effectively. Oh. Really? And that is the, the legal. Swim. No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I think I am preparing. You're okay for a little while yet, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm stationing a, a boat here on the house, you know. Sail, yeah. sail to Dublin. Yeah. No, the Netherlands have actually charted the way forward in a legal sense with the, the famous Urgenda case, which ah, has, yeah, has the, caused the, the, a fundamental yeah. change in the way that uh, climate yeah. change is tackled in the Netherlands. Uh, and yeah, we've been true. following that very closely here. Really? What is the Urgenda case for those? For it's those our, Urgenda. Urgenda. It's a foundation which took yeah. the Dutch government to court yeah. and said that you know Dutch people have a right to have their um, emission standards respected and to have a, a healthy living in the future uh, by tackling okay. climate change. Yep. And they won in all the lower courts and yep. eventually they won in the Supreme Court and fairly radical change has now been happening in the Netherlands as a consequence. And that's something that everybody else has been watching very carefully. Okay, indeed. I didn't know that. Mm. Because here in the Netherlands, we well, yeah, you watch the news and you see it, but, but you don't see the international impact of it in a way. Would you think... The, the kind of decisions on, on climate in for uh, and the way we approach it in, in each particular country should maybe be taken away from the politicians and given to to, to, to scientists and in, in, in making these decisions for the long term rather than the politician who's thinking, well, I've only got, you know, three years maybe in government and then I've got to start thinking about my own re-election and I can't rock the boat too much within this three or four year period. 
Well, I would love to see it taken out of politics completely, but I have to recognise that you know that there are short-term hard choices to be made as to who bears the pain in the short term in return for long-term gain, and which areas of the economy are going to be burdened most and burdened least. And that tends to be something that scientists are just not able to do. And it really should be a democratic decision yeah. as, to, as to how that's done. And I think, you know, that's why we really, um, the, the, the ideal route for me is to elect politicians who will make those hard choices on behalf of society as a whole. And um, the signs are that, you know, that, that's beginning to happen. I mean, if you, if you move outside some of the areas of great polarization, such as in the United States, yeah. then I think the the general public mood is much more, uh, I suppose, appreciative of these things than than it was before. In particular, the the work of the intergovernmental panel on climate change, which I think has sensitised people very much to what's coming down the line if we don't mm-hmm. change. And you know, I, I was involved in the IPCC many years ah. ago, and um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think the latest report which came out oh, um, in, in no, before, that was the UNFCC. Oh. This oh, was okay. the IPCC before in, in August, the first oh. volume of the sixth assessment report. And what they said really um, was was quite stark in terms of as as was said at the COP26 meeting. You know, this is a code red warning for humanity, which mm-hmm. is what Antonio Guterres described the the IPCC report as. And what it said really was that we're facing. Um, a probability of of passing some critical tipping thresholds in climate and that we're facing problems in terms of storms, in terms of drought and floods, in terms of heat waves, which really we haven't before uh, and which will cause great dislocation on a global scale as well as for individual countries. Uh, we're seeing some of those already though, John, aren't we? Like there, we are, been, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen Extreme in Ireland, for example, we, we've seen... Uh, hurricanes which normally go to the Caribbean go the wrong way across the Atlantic, if you like. And we saw uh, Ophelia, um, which only lost its hurricane status a few hundred kilometres south of Kerry um, in 2017. Um, And and we've seen other hurricanes um, coming quite close to our shores. We've seen that as the oceans warm up as well, some of the storms which um, they generate are more effective I mean, uh, we've had, uh, uh, I I think, um, Storm Barra before Christmas, which Mm. wasn't too bad. Um, Jan, you had um, the Arwen, isn't it, before, which caused a considerable amount of difficulty. Now, those are winter storms, but what we expect from the modelling is that those kind of storms coming off a warmer ocean will be bigger and perhaps more destructive, and that the kind of frequencies that we've had in the past for those big storms is likely to increase. And that, of course, has consequences for countries like the Netherlands, for countries Mm -hmm. like Ireland, in terms of um, how well equipped are we to cope. Yeah, protection. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's probably no country in the world uh, better prepared to cope with sea level rise than the Netherlands. Um, Yeah, but we are also um, uh, making mistakes, you know, because there is um, too little maintenance, etc., you know, it is, but but in the long picture, uh, it is. It was r- really g- well done in a way. But at this stage, we need to be prepared more. 
because um, you, you have the you have the additional problem, Jan, of course, as well. That as well as the sea level rising yeah. by about four millimeters, you have the land subsiding exactly. in the Netherlands as well. Yeah. Because also, as you drain all those peatlands, mm-hmm. uh, take the water table yeah. down, and we uh, have the water yeah. coming out of uh, outside via the North Sea <laughs> in the Atlantic, but also free uh, the other way from from the Alps. You know, when you have a lot of uh, water or snowfall, you know, uh, from the Alps in Germany, Switzerland, and Austria coming down uh, f- through the delta, you know, that's also uh, via the, the the main rivers. They, they all have to be, uh, yeah, uh, upstreaming. Yeah, um, I think that's probably a bigger, yeah. bigger yeah. risk for you yeah. than, in fact, yeah, sea double. level rise yeah, yeah, in many yeah. ways. And you got a taste of that this uh, this summer yeah, with the, yeah, 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 the floods yeah. in, in Belgium in, in, and Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. move now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get the zip line. It feels so nice to have friends, you know. <laughs> as long as Micronesia is, is, is going to be okay, John, I don't care because that's, some, that's somewhere I want to go before yeah. before I die. Uh, well, Micronesia. I, I mean, I, I can tell you about Micronesia because uh, I've been to ten cops meetings at this stage, and each time I listen to the people from Micronesia, and I come home feeling guilt-ridden about mm. it. In, in this particular cop in Glasgow. I mean, we had a lovely uh, sort of report from the Prime Minister of Tuvalu, and exactly. he was bedecked in his suit, sitting at his desk. Yeah. And then the camera pulled back, and you realised he was up to his knees in water on a beach. Oh my God. <laughs> and he, he was making a point that, uh, you know, my country, more or less, is going to disappear, he said. Exactly. And it's not my fault. I didn't cause it. We didn't cause it. It's, it's yeah. you in the developed world that's the, the main problems that's causing us it- to perhaps lose our culture. And that that that's really quite serious. Is there a, a sense of a disillusionment when, when you come out of something like the, the COP, and you, you find well, you know, China and India have basically pulled the plug and everything. And but, and you've been sitting there for the last two weeks and in, in conversation with people, and it just takes a one country or two countries just to say, no, we're not, we're not yeah. interested. We're not going to. That must be very. <laughs> It's a bit demoralising. Demoralising. Yeah, it is really. I mean, uh, I've kind of got used to it over the years because I know the the sort of many of those negotiators are are really hard bitten individuals who are given a brief not to Mm. give anything away um, when they go to negotiate, and um, you you do get a sense of feeling that you know 190 countries want this and three or four yeah. countries don't but because it has to work on the basis of unanimity yeah. the UN system uh, you don't make any progress but having said all of that there is very limited alternatives and, and really yeah. multilateral um, action is the only way we'll solve this problem ultimately. Is part of the solution to all of this nuclear? Should well, we be going down this yeah. road? Is, it, is, is this, yeah, you, you is this a the silver bullet? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. And you'll find that climatologists are divided almost 50-50 on the nuclear question. Really? Um, surprisingly, you know, some, some of us think the problem is so bad and we've reached the point of almost no return that nuclear, however undesirable it is, may be yeah. the only option. And then there are others who feel, well, this is a legacy we're passing on to the next generation, not just the next generation, but the next few hundred generations in yeah. terms of disposal of waste. And we should 
should really make use of our renewable potential first before we go down the nuclear road. And it's not an easy question to answer, but the, 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 the way I come at it is, is simply the basis of time. I mean, if we were to start in Ireland, for example, to build a nuclear power station yeah, you're today, fair to use. you're looking at, yeah, maybe you're looking at 20 years before it yeah, becomes operational. It becomes usable, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the time has slipped by and we've lost the opportunity. We're past that tipping point. And, um, you know, it's, 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 so I think that the short term option of renewable energy is the way to go for the moment. And nobody has more in the way of wind resources around our shores than Ireland, for example. I mean, the Netherlands have demonstrated the power of wind <laughs> for many years with windmills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we, we have the, the opportunity, I think, to get 70, 80 yeah. percent of our energy, our electrical energy from wind power. And, and we should make sure. use of it, I think. Uh, we just come to the point now where we shouldn't be thinking about the aesthetics of of a of a, of a windmill because it's ultimately yeah. it's 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 helping the environment. No, I, I think we can still position and locate windmills um, and wind farms effectively in such a way that they don't necessarily. Um, detract um, completely from scenic amenity and Mm. don't interfere with humans too much. In particular we can place them offshore and um, you know offshore is is much less detrimental um, to to, if you like our tourist industry Um, it's much less detrimental to people who might live within half a kilometre or a kilometre and hear that buzzing sound or the flickering of light that sometimes is associated with wind farms but I, I, I think it's the way to go. Uh, I think it's it's infinitely more preferable than biomass or cutting down trees yeah, to burn yeah. wood for. Mm. You know, yeah. I, and you know, I, I think we can use our planning system to ensure that we don't place these things in unsightly locations yeah. any more than necessary. I, I get a feeling, John, again, I suppose going back to just seeing things in the media and, and hearing everyone talking about climate change, we're all talking about it, and I guess the policymakers and politicians and everyone's talking about it. it, it is, there, is there more talk than action at the moment, or is that just a yeah. perception? Mm. Well, we now have, for the first time in Ireland, um, legal sort of backing to uh, our emissions reductions. And um, next week, I'm going into the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Climate Action to talk about um, carbon budgets, because our climate bill, which we passed last year, um, has now set carbon budgets for the next 15 years for Ireland. Um, And they are really quite radical in terms of how they depart from the business as usual scenario that we've really worked on the basis of up till now. So now I think there is a legally enforceable um, system and it's a system which is now going to pitch sectors against each other and trade-offs are going to have to emerge in terms of Uh, If we get benefits in agriculture, who's going to suffer in transport? If we cut our carbon budgets uh, in waste, where can we allocate them to? Um, And that's going to change the rules of the game and change society quite radically. It's happened in the Netherlands, of course, with agriculture already. Um, You've you've had very serious reductions in livestock, um, I think, uh, underway and in nitrogen. Underway, yeah. There's a lot of criticism and a lot of um, uh, you know the general public don't yeah don't like it but but we have to you know sometimes we have 
too many meat-producing uh, mm. factories in a way. You know, you you cannot really call it a farm anymore. You know, when but, but there are thousands of uh, of pigs in a uh, in a yeah in a farm, and that is called a factory. It's really uh, it's also very yeah a potential danger. You've got an increasing population, world popul- global population. So how do you feed the, the population? No, but and but you need to spread it all over the world. I think eh? you don't need to um, uh, position it all in one um, centered location in in that way. There is a lot of free space, I think, on this planet. But um, yeah, mm. I think as well, there's an awful lot of food wastage goes on yeah. as well, which we yeah. can we can eliminate a lot of. Yeah, that's true. Uh, as well, and I think you know, the, I'm very sensitive to those people who who will become, if you like, victims of of those change policies, yeah. and I think we have to ensure that. As a society, we, we, we enable them to undergo a transition, a just transition to other forms of, of enterprise where, yeah. where necessary. And that can be done. Um, you know, we, we're undergoing that at the moment here in Ireland with, with the, the workers in their peat factories. Um, yeah. And it will also apply, I think, in the future to beef farmers and even potentially dairy farmers in the future. Mm-hmm. But we do have to, as, as the, the UN Sustainable Development Guidelines say, we have to leave no one behind in this yeah. transition. Otherwise, we will only create festering wounds for the future. And I think, you know, we, we, can, we can do this. Um, you know, it's, it's not something beyond the ingenuity of yeah. humans, I think, to, to actually achieve yeah. that. Now, there's a lot of other things, of course, that we yeah. can do as individuals. And one of the things that has been happening quite widely across the world um, has been that individuals have been deciding where to invest their money. And um, we've seen a process called divestment taking off in the past few years where individuals maybe who have pension funds or who have investments have been, have been asking their investment managers uh, to take those investments out of, for example, fossil fuel companies. Yep. And that's been, been taking off uh, in a big way, uh, even to the extent that some states have actually divested their sovereign wealth funds. And uh, I'm very pleased that Ireland was the first country in the world to say that its sovereign wealth fund uh, would be removed from fossil fuel investments. Um, and oh, that, wow. that's moving quite quickly. I mean, we're looking at um, five to ten trillion dollars of divestment sure. having wow. happened. Wow. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I've been looking at my own <laughs> paltry amounts, but, yeah. you know, universities, foundations, even, even the B- Bill and Melinda Gates have divested. But more importantly, the Rockefellers have moved down the divestment road and okay. we know what they wow. made their money on. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. it's happening on a global scale and I think you know people are now becoming conscious of, uh, of where is my pension fund being invested? Um, do I want it invested in, in companies yeah. that are going to cause problems for my grandchildren in the future? So stand well, up. Stand up, folks. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, yeah, do something and, and make, yeah. I suppose, make little changes as well if you can. No, it's not no, an no. inevitability. And, you know, I'm reminded of what the late Desmond Tutu said um, ah, many yeah. years ago. He said, I'm a prisoner of hope. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, well, and well, I think that was a very nice phrase because I think yeah. this is yeah. a really nice conclusion of this whole. Yeah, yeah. it's a perfect. I'm a prisoner of hope. Yeah. Professor yeah. John Sweeney, thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it, but unfortunately, it's not going to stop us talking about the weather no. uh, every, every week. <laughs> no, and, no, and, and asking continuing, your guess the but, but, but we have more impact now. We we have some more background information. Yeah, we can we can so, speak a little yeah, more yeah, as, yeah. as though we half know what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think we can start a new topic how is the climate you know that's because the climate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. let's let's yeah. yeah let's redo that yeah 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 okay thank well john. thank you very much john you're welcome yeah. all the best Oren, jan and stuart uh, thank you john thank you very much success with your with your projects okay thank you thank you okay. you're welcome bye-bye now you see i have to say the first question that i asked john there about the dolphins I'm pretty sure the dolphins are still causing cl- climate change. Poor you know? dolphins. Yeah. They think they're very smart and they're very, you know, oh, yeah, yeah we're very friendly. Are, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, perhaps but, a nice story, they are also used in the Cold War, you know, even by the Russian. That's as right. really spying. Eh? They, they, were, uh, they, they had trapped some dolphins with... Uh, in the uniform, you know. <laughs> 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 maybe, that, maybe that's where Fungi has gone to, to spy on someone. Yeah, Fungi, fungi, fungi from Dingle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was a job at the CIA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. KGB, but that was but, really interesting hearing yeah. John's take on just you know where we are and where we where we might be, and, and I suppose what people can do as well. Because yeah, sometimes I know, I, know I, I feel very powerless sometimes hearing all this stuff on the news and Greta Thunberg. Uh, and I, I mean, I suppose, yeah, I've, 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 I've my own views on Greta Thunberg, uh, but, you know, sort of what people are talking about and some of you kind of go, how can individuals help? So I think it's important that we're all aware of all this stuff. You yeah. Know? What kind of views have you got about Greta Thunberg? Uh, yeah. I think she should go back to school and do her studies. And I think there's a certain amount of uh, publicity, self-promotion, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll t- tell you a very funny story. A friend of mine who's a teacher yeah. was uh, the kids a couple of years ago, certainly here in Ireland, Jan, I don't know if they had in the Netherlands, they used to have these uh, protests, I suppose, where kids would go, go off school early, go on yeah, strike, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah, and yeah, about yeah. climate change. Yeah. So he was standing in the school and the school, basically the way it works is the school have to allow the kids to go off site. So these oh. 50 or 17 year old girls were walking out and they were saying to him, we're going to the protest in the city centre. And uh, he said, how are you getting in? We're getting the bus. And he said, but that's not complete. You're contributing to climate change. Would you not walk? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's all a bit to be quite honest with you and I know there's going to be probably complaints about this people going to these protests school kids they want a half day he made a very very good point when we're talking about schools about the fact that they're sitting idle for three months of the, you know at least three months of the year and they could be generating uh, electricity if they had solar panels on mm. mm-hmm. and they could be selling that back to the grid to, to the grid yeah Let's talk about Santa for a minute because Santa wasn't very good to myself. Now, oh. whatever, about, whatever about Cloda and her I'll, snow, I'll, I'll and she can talk him. about that later on. Okay. But Santa did not deliver, did not deliver, ladies and gentlemen, my Apple AirPods Generation Ooh. 3. Now, were you good, though? Were you good? Were you I'm on the nice list? Good. I am. Um, when am I not good? I, I, yeah. I'm just asking the question. Didn't I let Santa on the show? <laughs> 
yeah he's very he's always checking his list he was telling me when we were having a beer afterwards he is the list every day he's looking at it ah uh, so, yeah, yeah but but i think he's, he's probably nah, about google google yeah. like that that's that's even having a beer himself <laughs> but anyway so i had to buy my own my own podcast um Airpods. My own AirPods generations for you. My yeah. own podcast. Yeah. You bought a podcast. I bought a podcast as well. Yeah. You're now the bread that, owner of Bangladesh. That's why we've got the tips jar. We need, uh, we need oh, to pay for that podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise how much it cost. Yeah. Now, how are you? So, it, these AirPods third how generation. Are because, how are you? Uh, I, I got my hands on the AirPod third generation this week as well, right? Sure. And I had the oh, second right. generation, which were loaned to me. It's a long story. Loaned to me by a friend of mine and I lost one of them. And it's Terrible. So anyway, um, I don't like these new ones. They're too big for my oh. ears. My ears are a bit sensitive. I had surgery a couple of years ago and I'm very careful what I put in my ears. And I much prefer the, <laughs> I much preferred the older ones. Oh. And I know these new ones have some kind of head tracking tech technology for, and for things like Soundscape. I believe yeah. this is really good, mm-hmm. but I, I do not feel they're not sitting comfortably in my ears at the oh. moment. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree. I think the earbud itself is what you're talking about. Is certainly a little bigger than the generation two oh. version. Okay. And also, what I find is that the stem is also smaller. Mm. So they're a little bit. They're a little bit trickier to Less kind of put into your ear. Just you could drop them very easily. I suppose is oh, what I mean. Yes. And getting out of the case, Get, I found the case is tricky. Yeah. As well. yeah. What I what I found now is with the old ones, I used to just be able to pull out the earbud with my index finger on my thumb. Now yeah. what I have to do is put my index finger kind of underneath the earbud and kind of flick it out. Yeah, the and, the, the case. And, and the other thing I liked about the old ones, and this is just me, maybe the case on the new ones opens at the side, whereas it used to open at the top. And I just preferred that. It just felt a bit safer okay. in my hand. But yeah, yeah. so it's... Yeah. it's but, yeah. but that's also the reason why I... Well, I, I, I did not go for it, really, because, I, I first of all, you know, the comfortability and also that you had the... How do you put them in? And you, you lose them while wearing, probably. And also you lose them when you lay them somewhere you know uh, but i am yeah. not that well organized to be honest you've got to be i think you've got to be very careful about these kind of things because they are tiny and they yeah. they can go missing and that's probably a, that is a problem I, I, yeah. I, I would have thought now it, it, okay people will say oh that's stupid they're not wireless then i would have thought if you had a, a cable connecting the two earbuds you know, if you took the yeah. earbuds out, ah, then you'd kind of have a, a, you know, around your neck and they, you know, you'd know where they'd, they'd be rather than if you take one out and yeah. it's in your hand and then you happen to pick but something else up, you could easily. They can fall from your desk or from they the, can, the chair, you know. It and is the other so thing is, the, the weirdest thing about them is, right, because when I lost the one that I, that wasn't even mine to lose. And um, I, oof. so right away I realised it was gone and I went into the find thing to get it to, to ask, the, to, you know, to get the phone to oh, really? find my AirPods. You have that. Yeah. And it said the AirPods will now make a sound. But what happened was because I had one and didn't have the other, the one I had started making this sound. I couldn't hear the other one anywhere. And then it said these AirPods are not charged. But the spatial audio thing is interesting. And that's all I kind of I won't say it's great. It's just interesting the way it kind of works. Uh, as far as I know, it's basically related to anything that has Dolby Atmos. So if you're watching a film or uh, a, a video um, that has Dolby Atmos, the 
earpod will I think the earpod or is it the phone will detect this and it will transmit basically any movement that's happening uh within the stereo image mm. it will pan that either left or right the only way I can explain it to, to, if it makes any kind of sense is I was recently listening to a live album of the Eagles playing in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and I think I'm not sure because I didn't really read it in Apple Music I think it was also recorded video-wise. And the cameras, every now and again, the stage would, the guys singing on stage would kind of go from left to right. Okay. And I can only imagine that's when the camera was actually tracking from left to right. Yeah. So there was a kind of a simulation of that movement in your ears. But the other thing I, I kind of find it weird is, and I haven't tried it with uh, Soundscape yet, but with, with music, what, so what happens is with the spatial audio turned on, if you don't have any Dolby Atmos, and this is just me, there may be other people who've had these for a longer time and can tell us more, is that if you turn your head left or right, so let's say you turn your head, you're listening to something and you turn your head to the right, all your music goes into your left ear and vice versa. If you turn your head to the left, all your music goes into the right ear. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure of the point of that. In the very brief time now, and I didn't spend much time on it, but in the brief time I used it, I found it very distracting. And yeah, yeah. I, I switched it off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We might, yeah. we might change our minds, but it's unlikely. Let's, let's move quickly <laughs> on to TV Corner. So after, after that scathing review. Scathing review. <laughs> <laughs> scathing review. Let's move on to TV Corner. Lots of films over the Christmas, which my audio description panel did a fantastic job uh, audio describing. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man. Oh, I've recorded Bohemian Rhapsody. Secret Life of Pets, Mm. uh, Anchorman 2, Born Identity. Lots and lots of films did a fantastic job. Really, really proud of them. We got lots of feedback saying people were saying really like the audio description. Okay. over over the Christmas period, but more yeah, about yeah. the ongoing saga, Stuart, of not enough content is described on Netflix. Really uh, getting tired yeah. of this. I, and I mean, there, there's been a few really interesting ones that have been released lately. No AD, uh, Netflix originals. Now, saying that, I want to plug one that's called Stay Close, which I think just came out last week. It's Harlan Coben. So anything Harlan Coben does, if you like that kind of thrillery stuff, um, he's really good. Uh, he did, um, of course, he's a couple of others on Netflix as well. Um, so stay close. Uh, sorry, the other one is The Stranger. That's the one I was trying to think of. He, so The Stranger is on, has been on Netflix for a couple of years. Stay Close is the new one. It does have all your description uh, set in the UK. And the other one I've been watching, and Oren, I know you started, I don't think you've finished it, is something called The Shrink Next Door, which is it's um, on Apple TV. Apple TV. Yeah, and it's Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah, and I, I can, I mean, it's it's because it's based on a true story, and apparently it was only in the courts last year. This psychologist who sort of um, befriends people and crosses all sorts of boundaries to create a kind of a dependent relationship, and then he feeds off, you know, he he kind of preys on very wealthy people and uh, feeds on feeds off their insecurities and weaknesses and all, all that. It, it, so it's kind of interesting if you're into that kind of stuff. The one I'd recommend, Don't Look Up, oh. which is basically, it's about a, uh, not a comet, yeah, that's I think nine kilometres wide and it's 
heading for Earth. To a certain extent, it's been what we've been talking about earlier on with John and people not taking things seriously enough. Okay. And this comet is is detected and is going to hit Earth in six months. And it's it's more about the hilarity of how the world will not take Serious. any notice of yeah. these scientists saying, "Hey, the world's about to end." Yeah. But it is funny, and I, I, it's got. I think it's got the biggest 152 from right now. 152 million views between the 27th of December and the 2nd of January. Wow. Which is phenomenal. Sure. Million. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's another one on Netflix. It will be- almost beat our listeners. Almost. 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 There's almost. another one on Netflix, might be worth giving a quick shout, which is called The Lost Daughter, which is um, yeah, Olivia Coleman. Uh, yeah. We we tried it. I tried, tried watching it last week for a little while. I, I, I couldn't quite get into it, although I've been told it's very good and I, I need to stick with it. So she's she's on this kind of holiday retreat on her own in a, a beach beach hut, and she yeah. meets somebody. And and anyway, there's obviously uh, something has happened in her own life previously, which which we find out about uh, during the film. So maybe it's and, one to watch. And for those of you who are low vision, because it's again, it's no good if you are blind. But I did enjoy it all the same. Is a film on Netflix called The Gentleman, which is the aforementioned Mr. Lawler, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Ah, Colin right. Farrell is in it. Hugh Grant is in it. Uh, lots of uh, Michelle Doherty. She played Lady Mary in Downton Abbey. Um, but when you hear Hugh Grant, there's no way you would think it was Hugh Grant. Oh. It's wow. such an interesting. Okay, I must, I must give it a. Yeah. Now, of course, there's no aid, it's not no audio description, okay. but it is. It is very funny, and uh, I would give it a, a. For those of you who might be low vision or fully sighted, give it a look. It's and great. by the way, there's there's one. I'm just going to flag something. It's not out yet, but it's coming to Netflix, and I don't know if it's going to be described. By the way, it, but I believe it's coming to Netflix in the beginning of February. It's called Inventing Anna. I oh. just saw it on Twitter the other day. It's in about a Anna. lady in the states. It's a true story in New York. And she essentially uh, faked her way as a socialite, pretended she had loads of money, got her, got into, blagged her way into all these parties, got people to, you know, sort of um, went out with all these rich guys, mm-hmm. made a load mm-hmm. of money out of it and was a complete fake and sort of said she was ro- royalty from wow. wherever she was and <laughs> got away with it for ages and g- spent loads of money and, and lived a high life. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if it'll have AD, but it will, might be an, an interesting one to watch. All right. Come on, when we do emails. Yep. Oh, come on. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. Hang is it on. still this old 2021 song that we're you're still going <laughs> yes, to hear, is it? Yes, yeah. it is, because yeah, I've been trying to reorganise my house. I've had a very oh busy God. Christmas. Excuses, oh, yeah, excuses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm working on loads of different things at the moment, but oh, of course mm. keep your hair on. You have here, to set you have your any. priorities, Mr. <laughs> yes. Exactly, Jan. Thank you. Come on. So here we go, Clodagh, just Hello. for you. Thank you. <laughs> go on, you... Questions and stories and feedback are plenty From all our listeners we have about 20 Sending a mail as they're sipping a brew Thank you dear listener cause we do love you Otis in Baltimore, Hello, Derry in Dublin, Gordon in Scotland, and Shay Martin's troubling. Thank you, though, everyone. We love you so. Now let's have more email. Go, Clodagh, go! Hooray! Hey! Happy New Year! Happy 
Happy I still New love Year. it though, I have to tell you. Thank you, Claudia. Happy New Year, Claudia. Thank you very much, Asher and Grand. Um I have been listening to you boys and I have one tiny correction to make my Uh-oh. to my oh. beloved oh my. darling husband whom I love oh. dearly. Um it's not We Matt, love these little corrections, by the way. No, but yeah. it's no it's no no, I love him and he, okay. he, it's okay. Like it's God fine. bless him. Yeah. I God bless him. There's the first one of the year, Claudia. Yeah, yeah. I got added to my list. Amen. Um I will do a, I will do a montage at some point of your uh, of your being Father Stuart Lawler. <laughs> Bless me, Father. Maybe maybe I should go and be a priest. Maybe that's yeah. what all this is. No, you won't have time for the podcast then, so no. No. Um the Don't well, Look I'd Up to film. Hear your sermons. Oh Janie. To, the Don't Look Up film is not Matt Damon, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh sorry, Leo. Oh. Sorry, yeah. it's Leonardo Cappuccino, yeah, Cappuccino, you're right. Yeah. It's Leo Cappuccino. and Jennifer Lawrence and Meryl Streep is the president and she's brilliant. She's brilliant. And who's the Kate Blanchett is in it. Kate Blanchett. Oh, she's Jonah the, Hill. The, the Aussie lady, isn't she? She's yeah. the TV anchor person. Uh, Jonah Hill is brilliant in it as well. It's really, really good. And the yeah. the um, that uh, what's his name? Hugh Grant playing against type in that other film is absolutely worth it for his performance alone. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, even if the action makes no sense, because it is kind of one of those. Uh, it's a Guy Ritchie film, so it's very kind of actiony. But um, lock, stock, mm. and two smoking. Yeah, it's that style. But it's it's it's. I th- I think I just think it's really good. It's really funny. Okay. Anyway, mm. there you go. Um, so that's my correction. Sorry. Uh, we did have some emails for our Christmas show, but unfortunately, we just didn't do them. We got distracted by quizzes and God knows what else. Oh, and yeah. what a quiz busy, busy. it was, oh, I must say. <laughs> One of the best quizzes ever. In the history of quizzes in the in world. In the history of quizzes. I heard say. that uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire wants a poachy war. They want you to host <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the UK. Mm. So yeah. Chris Tarrant and Jeremy, Jeremy Kyle, Jeremy, Jeremy Kyle, Jeremy, Jeremy, Kyle. Jeremy what's your man from Who Wants Jeremy to Be a Millionaire? Jeremy, Jerry Paxman. <laughs> Imagine Jeremy <laughs> Kyle doing it. The uh, uh, yeah, they're gone. You're you're in. Oh yeah, great great yeah. host. We need to start. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah. a million and go. Yep. We uh, we actually had a family quiz over Christmas. I volunteered as a couple of extended family in the states, and and my family in Kildare. We were all getting together the different different branches of the Lawlers and and the other in laws. And I offered to do the quiz, so I was putting together a whole rake of questions. So I at least have some. If we're doing a Christmas quiz next year, or <laughs> you can have some. Mm. Excellent. Thank Very the Lord. Amen. Listen, we got one. Um, we got an email from Adam Curry beforehand saying that his dance card was full, so he wouldn't be able to go to our party, which was a pity. Oh, yeah. 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 He was. Uh, I like that. Shoes. I like that idea. I like it. I like it's the dance good, card. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like Bridgerton or something. Um, and we got one before Christmas from Derry Lawler and one after Christmas. So I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, wow. run through it very oh. quickly. Um, the before Christmas one is Hi Stuart, Jan, Oren and Cloda. I hope you're keeping well. Martha and I would like to wish you all a very happy Christmas and hope 2022 you. you're a bit late, Barry. for you all. Ah. Well, see, he sent this before, but you were Many supposed to do an email Derry. slot for, Chris, for the yeah. Christmas show and you didn't. So I don't want to let him down because Derry's a good guy. He's a great yeah, listener. Yeah, yeah. He, is. He, is a great. he says, you remember you were talking about drawing pictures with your um Oh yeah, the Perkins. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he says he remembers drawing pictures with his Perkins. He did Love Hearts and Rabbits and there was a website <laughs> called Cool... Sorry, blind cool tech, and they would tell you what to write. And he, yeah. he says, "I wonder if you could tell the index to Braille card. It would do it so much faster." I've no idea what that means. Uh, so yeah, I know what Terry. And actually, so the index Braille embosser to actually draw these things. Um, I think you can get 
a piece of software that does that. Oh, really? Mad crap. As far as I know. Um, so he said, Oren, I hope you get your Apple stuff stuff for Christmas, which you did I not. Didn't. Um, he said in his email, I bought Martha AirPods 3 and I'd actually deleted that from the email so I wouldn't spoil the surprise oh. in case Martha was listening before Christmas. But it doesn't matter because she knows when now. they arrived. But <laughs> 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 well, we'll and soon I find out because it's an update now in a minute. Um, on audio, dis- audio description, I've really enjoyed Succession and also The Sopranos, which was just made audio described. Which oh, I didn't don't know talk about. to me about Succession, oh. Jerry. Oh dear. Oren doesn't like it. He has been in his bonnet about succession. I, I think it's great. It's not great. The, the guy, it's I'm sorry, funny. I have to get on my high hat because Veronica Hicks and I were talking over the Christmas. Oh, and oh you're such a name dropper. Yeah, 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 Veronica Hicks. Chat with Veronica over the Christmas. I'm sorry, folks. I have to say, succession is the one of the worst audio described programs ever. And it's But it's so bad, it's kind of funny, though. Where can we find it? Hang on. Let me. It's simply sorry. about this. Sorry, I have to make my point. He's okay. not a okay. high horse, Stuart. Well, Hang on. Okay, right. leave, point, him, leave I'm him alone. Okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a cup of tea. I'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. okay. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Yeah. An audio, an audio describer <laughs> should never, an audio describer should never get him involved in the in the context of the content that they are describing. And that guy, Neville Watchhurst. Is oh, all he's reeling about is have, him. It's should no you have one, named him? No, though. I'm naming him. I'm calling him out. Just one example of Neville Watchers in Succession soon, said yeah. the shot. The the shot he was describing said was the, the colors. It was a landscape shot of a boat going across a lake, and he said something like, "I can't remember the exact words," but he said something like, "The skyline is something like the the vivid colors of a Van Gogh." Picture. <laughs> nobody who's blind know what hell. Exactly, what isn't the this hell that Van Gogh? But isn't but isn't this interesting? Because you, you see, for me, and this is goes back to a conversation. I remember Oren, you and I had a long time ago, probably before this podcast ever was invented. Uh, that to me, I'd almost tune out that bit, and yeah. I wonder would that have jumped out at me as much as it jumped out at you? Because you have visual memory, which is different. Uh, I'd, I'd look. Where can we hear this so Jan and I can can critique yeah. it next time? I will play them in. Let's play them in. Okay. Are we allowed? Hang on a minute now. I'm I'm the one who's copyright this. (laughs) I will play them in. (laughs) My God. Oh. This guy, God, Claudia, we've 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 stirred a beast here. God only knows. Yeah. But anyway, look, I I find it highly amusing, and I I also find it amusing. Orin's reaction to it. Yeah, so I know. Orin's reaction. my thing, and if I've got a bee in my bonnet about, I'm going to say it because He's damn it well needs to be said. Tell and, I also, and I also say this. I also say this just for the general world. Germany <laughs> is the only country in the world that recognizes audio description. No other country in the world recognises, and by that I mean awards, right. audio description. And okay. that's that's absolutely scandalous. Your dog has just gotten up and walked away and done a huge sigh. He's fed up with the, all, the, <laughs> all the time. Larry, Larry, we feel your pain. Yeah, we so feel your pain, I think pain, we should Larry. move on to... Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's read Derry's email. Anyway, Derry, you're wrong. His post-Christ- oh, no. His post-Christmas... <laughs> I'm everyone is entitled to their, everyone yeah. is entitled to their own opinion. But Derry, do get back to us and tell us how how you're not wrong. Thank you. Um, yeah, Derry, please. Next Thank one. Is, uh, uh, hi, Cloda, Oren, Stewart, and Jan. I hope you're all keeping well, Cloda. I hope you noticed you, I put your name first. Do you know mm. what? You're a gentleman, and thank you very much, Derry. Um, this is one of the many reasons why we love you. Um, just. <laughs> 
just like to wish you all a very happy new year. Thank can, you. Yes, indeed. Uh, can I ask what nice things you got? Question mark. I got Martha a pair of AirPods 3 and I got lovely things. Martha oh, got she me. got them. Yeah, Martha got hey. me. So that's that question answered. Martha got me an SM an SMA of Jaws. I think oh. I, all I think of is baby food when I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, a, <laughs> a bottle of, you know, SMA, baby food. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. a bottle of rather good whiskey um, and some tokens I can spend where Ooh. I like. What's the whiskey? I don't know. He doesn't say. Um, but it's Irish because it has an E in it. So that's all oh. I can tell you. Mm. Um, Ishkabaha. Mm-hmm. I isn't Ishkabaha Pochin though, or is it? Oh no, it's whiskey. Sorry, I recently signed up to. I don't know if it's Cero or Ciro. Oh, Ciro Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Formerly System Access, and I've noticed they're using a lot of TTS, text to speech, audio description. Oh my God, it's awful. Derry says, the Good TTS man, misses out on words like him and her, and so if there's a screen with Oren at his laptop, it would say Oren at laptop. After a while, it starts to grate. Have any of you heard this? Keep up the super work and hope to chat really soon. Regards, Derry. So I'm not sure where Serotech are getting their content. And for anyone who doesn't know, they're uh, in the States. They're based in the States, but they have a subscription where you can listen. So you don't get uh, the video. You just get the audio from the audio descriptions. Mm. But uh, the guy who is the founder of Serotech is a guy called Mike Calvo, who's big in the AT industry. Um, And I think he would appreciate that kind of feedback. Um, Mm. Yeah. AT being assistive technology, right? Sorry, Claudia, yes, assistive technology. The old buzzwords, huh? Um, So, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's good to hear that Serotech are still going because they've been around for a long, long time. There you are. Definitely feed on that. You can pass that that info on to them, Stuart, seeing as you know them. Yeah, I know, Mike. Um, I'm... I'm, I'm almost taking an action for myself to get in touch with him and have Ooh, a chat yeah, with him yeah, to see yeah. if we get him on the show because he's actually a very interesting guy. Yeah. But it would be a very long show because he, he does yeah. enjoy a chat. That's the well, best so, do, so do you, so it'll fit right in, in fairness. So. Uh, no, no, he, he really enjoys a chat. In a good way. He's a lot to say and he's, he says a lot of good things. So we got another <laughs> message from Mim Quaid. This was in the snail mail, but oh, we very much appreciated Mim. Mim. In the snail mail? In the snail mail. Oh, and oh she my said goodness. that she has been, uh, she sent a lovely Christmas card and she said she's been, you. yeah, Mim is the best. Uh, she's been enjoying the podcast and, and has even tried our TV recommendations, but does not like Goliath. Oh. oh yeah so uh, but i suppose yeah. everything can't yeah. suit everybody so that's no, fair that's true. it's good I, I, quite I a boy of, thing isn't it yeah and i i must say i know because orna I, I kind of gave i dropped out of it goliath all right we so skipped I'm, a whole season of it actually yeah um yeah, i thought it was the third one got, i can't remember it got gory weird. didn't it yeah the saddest news that i will give you just to wrap up is that we don't have any blindy tips now, I know we're talking about oh. tip jar and it's a whole different story, but we, we do want your blindy tips because we love that jingle. We do. Yeah, we love the jingle. Yeah. The jingle's great, yeah. So we want to hear that jingle, so send us a tip. Send us well, a tip. there's the bell for this first time oh. on, on the, in Janu- oh January 2022. Yeah. Send your emails in. What would you like to, what would you like to hear? Blindguyschat at gmail.com. And don't forget the tips jar if you like on the show notes. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Busy, busy